Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Alana Chap. And welcome to Two Voice Devs. Hey, Alana, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. No, it's always fantastic. Always, uh, always love the opportunity to, to catch up with you, see what's going on. Um, what's going on? How, how have things been since, uh, since we last chatted? Yeah, I mean, um, on, a different, on a different level, uh, things are starting to open up now more over here. Um, a lot more happier people around. Um, voices changed massively, I feel like, in terms of where, when we last spoke. Um, so many more features, so many more companies getting involved. Your yeah. clubhouse, social audio. I think it's it's becoming more and more. I think more and more people are accepting it as well in the in the mainstream. And I'm really excited to see where Voice is going to continue going. You know. No, I agree. You know, I'm really talking. I'm talking to a lot more companies now who are all kind of saying, you know, we, we see where the smart speakers are going, we saw where Clubhouse is going, we, we want to get into it, how do we get started? Where do we get going? And then the next question for, for some of the companies is, and where can we find employees to help us do this? And, you know, where, where are the people that already know everything there is to know about voice? And I've got to start out by saying, that's nobody. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it's nice to think that we know a lot and we're learning more, but I don't think anybody right now really knows everything about what's going on in voice. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's different pyramids of people who belong in the different spaces. You've got the people who uh, have been in this space for years, like longer than we have in terms of like decades and decades on the actual focusing on the actual technology. And then you've got people like us who are like, well, you know, we're, we think we're experts, but we're really not compared to those people. <laughs> we, we fit in the bracket of consumer. We're, we're in the front ends of the consumer. Um, and we know more about how they are like interacting with voice and the use cases that would be great for that. And then you've got the, the people who uh, are the ones who are still undiscovered. Like I, I remember our last podcast, I was telling you, we need that next multi-million pound voice app, voice game. Um, and that person is still out there um, who doesn't know, know about it yet. But um, no, most definitely, I think we're, we're coming to a point where companies can't ignore, they can't ignore this. And I'm actually going to, I'm now saying this is my quote, every company needs a website, right? Yeah. Every company will soon need a voice experience. So the, I literally tell everyone I, I speak to, like, voice industry is the industry to be in. You're, it's so, it's going to be so big. Like, right now, maybe it's hard, but it's going to be as big as web because it's just as needed. And um, it's such a, I believe the opportunities are, are there. And it's just, like you said, Alan, finding, I guess, the right people and coming up with a way to identify those people. No, uh, you know, I think that you've made some great points that the notion that everyone is going to need voice, everyone is going to, and I think it's going to start becoming that everyone will have voice incorporated into all of the other things. So you're going to have to have a website, you're going to have to have mobile, and all of that is going to need to support voice at the same time. 
So we're going to have this, this grand, all of these things coming together more and more. Let me put it this way. I've got companies that are asking me where they can find people. You've got people who you say don't realize that voice is there. What are you, what are you telling these people? What are, what are we saying to people who are saying, where do we find the developers for voice? Yeah, I mean, especially because because I'm a, a I have my consultancy as well where I offer those services. It's just about finding what what projects are good for you because not everything will be good for you. But also, I feel like with different companies and different people, they they're expecting different things, and they're so uh, they they may come into it like. Um, with, with an experience where where they're kind of interacting with a voice experience, but they only have that one linear mindset and they're not thinking about everyone using it. So in a sense, it's like you have to to provide that value and be like, you're, you've got a good use case here, but I'm going to come in and um, try and help you in a way where we can think about not just your use case, but everyone's use case, so that it's beneficial to everyone. And I think it's definitely really important that we find these people and more people get on board. No, I agree. And I think one of the, the interesting, I think I see it as, as kind of a challenge in some ways right now in the industry is that developers have to take on the role of designers sometimes. And designers have to take on the role of developers sometimes because that's, you know, people are approaching us without understanding what the distinction between the two is right now. You know, mm. right now, they, you know, I, I remember the early days of the web, people would come to developers and say, here's what we need to do. You know, we need you to, to make it work and look good. And nobody knew what that meant at the time. I think the advantage in voice right now is we at least have voice designers out there already who have something of an idea on what you know what can be done and the best way to do it um but mm -hmm. even so as developers we are still helping clients understand just you know why they want to have both audio and text come out at the same time to be able to deal with it you know because there are design considerations there or why it needs to sound certain ways because those may be the limitations in some ways, but also a better user experience. No, definitely. And one thing I will say that web, because when I was doing web development, I one thing I didn't think about was accessibility. Like I'll hold my hands up high. I um I did use a tool that would uh, rate your like how accessible the website was, and then do the the um the fixes after that. Mm -hmm. Like say, oh, it's doing that, but I would do the bare minimum. But with voice, I found that accessibility and making sure that it's as accessible as possible has made me understand a whole new a whole new understanding for a different demographic, and also made me think about UX in another way. Like I did, I wouldn't consider myself a UX person before prior to voice, but now it's like you said, this web developer is a whole new role. It's, I wouldn't even put us with software development, I would say we are voice developers as, a, as, another, as another role because you have to think about the UX and 
you can't just um, go about it the same way as a software developer. Yeah. However, you know, I think one of the great things about voice development is that it really can build on top of things that every, you know, that developers for mobile or developers for the web have already done. You know, so mm -hmm. if, if, if they're a person who is a backend developer or a web developer or a mobile developer already, and they're looking at this voice thing, I don't think it's that big a leap. I think, you know, it's, it's a couple of new things to learn. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think if you have that full stack experience, that full stack role, you kind of uh, wear many hats. And I think the, you, yes, you can build an experience, but then it's that whole voice design, the, the VUX, that's the, the crucial point in making the, the best experience. And I think that's where, as a developer, when I started, I remember just, uh, you know how on Amazon Alexa, like every every experience that you would listen to would start off with, welcome to in the name of the yeah. name of the app. And you fall into that trap when you like follow like templates and, and stuff like that. So I definitely think it was, uh, is, as a developer, it's looking beyond that, reading maybe books, watching TV, seeing how people operate and psychology and, and actually doing more than what you'd usually do as a developer normally. So yeah, you know, but I think, I think the basics are still there. You know, one of the, the great things is, you know, almost all the, the libraries have Node.js. Well, Node.js is just JavaScript. So if, you're, if you've been a front-end developer for years, you're used to JavaScript, you know the basics. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's not that it's, you know, oh, I can, you know, pick this up in an hour, but I don't think it's more than I can pick this up in a weekend if I've already got the basics down. Yeah, I definitely think back in the day, when I mean back in the day, 2017, when <laughs> they had, <laughs> they had the, like the uh, tutorials and templates, and I had no experience with voice development. I'd say it was much easier than now. If I got into it now, I think I would struggle a bit because I'd be so intimidated with all the, the features and the documentation. And like APL was something, like take APL for example, something completely new, but it had, like you said, aspects of like CSS. And I that's why I kind of like took some of the understanding from that. But it's just maybe learning the syntax and getting used to that idea. But now obviously when you have the the web API, you can kind of like go back to that. Right. So that's, that's I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking is, you know, with with the interactive canvas or with web API for games, you know, there I could say, you know, if you're a React developer already or a, you know, a view developer or an Angular developer, or you just like playing with HTML you're already 95% of the way there. You know, I, I can just teach you that little bit extra. And I don't think that's difficult to, yeah. I don't think that's a difficult hill. What do you think? You, you seem I, to disagree with me. No, I, I agree. Like it's, especially with Canvas, well, I, I wish Canvas was available on uh, not just games and not stuff. Just, oh, tell me about it. There's so many, because um, I, I, I love exploring Canvas. Um, as I started, I started, I started using Canvas last year, um, and it's just like you said, the capabilities of of web. Like it was so, it was it wasn't that hard to pick up on because it's literally from my web development experience. I was able to 
integrate it into this canvas and it, and it's just the only thing that was different was learning how to connect it from the back end in terms of um in terms of the voice stuff so right. but in terms like i said it's it's i feel that it i feel that when you have different platforms um and they're, and they're still learning and they're and they're kind of experimenting with stuff until like you said there's some sort of uh movement forward where they're like okay right this is what we're doing let's go then it, it, i think it will put people off who's constantly learning and being like you've learned one way but now you have to step back and learn something new yeah i no i i get that um I, and i guess part of why that doesn't bug me so much is i think how many times i've had to relearn how to develop for the web is, I mean, I, I still remember back the web days when we were just getting forms and we didn't have JSON and we didn't have, you know, um, XML, HTTP, I can't even remember the name of the call anymore. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we didn't have this notion of a dynamic client. Everything was a call to the server and the server would send back a brand new page. And then I had to relearn, well, okay, now how do I just send requests off and get responses back in JSON and rewrite my page? And then I could say, well, I could throw that all now because I've got React or Vue or Angular. So I, I feel like I've had to relearn the web a whole bunch of times. So yeah. relearning it once more to add voice to it doesn't seem so intimidating to me. No, I mean, I, I love learning. That's one of the, that's why also getting into the, the voice industry with it being so new and there's constantly new features and updates. I love learning. I love being on top of it. Um, and I think that what's important is for, I guess, developers is stability because when I'm learning those new things, I, I get into the, and because it's so new, I'm on my own in a way where it's like there's no forums yet. There's no no one else has come across this issue or error. Yes. And it's just like, oh, uh, Stack Overflow, your web so, friend. I was gonna say, so that's that's two thoughts that I have for thinking about that one. The first is where would you tell somebody who's just getting into voice where to turn when they have and that's when they have problems, not if they have problems, because all of us have had issues. And you know we all have. So when they have those issues, where do you think the best place to turn is? I think, ironically enough, if you're using Jova, for example, the Jova community is like I'd say one of the most active in terms of getting issues done and and asking for the help and stuff. Um, obviously, Amazon Amazon forums as like. It, it takes a couple of days, I think, depending on the situation. Um, so I, I, it's, it's a good question because there's not really like Stack Overflow, I can get most answers from from when I'm doing like mobile applications and stuff like that on web. When it comes to voice, you can look at past forums, but then you see how long it took them to reply or other people to get involved because it is maybe it's just not as well known or, or in there yet. But you know, I, I think Slack is if there's slack is the quickest way to get an answer i'm sure but it's not that you you might not always get an answer but i know with jova i've had good experiences with that because you, so many people are using it i guess and it's such an active community that yeah 
I, you know, it's interesting. I know that certainly on the, um, the actions on Google side, I love Stack Overflow for, and the community that's, that's being built up around Stack Overflow. There are a lot of good people that are jumping in and contributing answers there. Um, but you're right, I don't tend to use it too much when I run into Alexa questions. For, for Alexa questions, I, quite frankly, I tend to ask you or Mark or a couple of other people that I know personally. Um, but I think that is also actually a, a, a great location is Twitter itself has a, a thriving yeah. community of, of voice developers. Um, and there are the various voice lunches that we have. So, you know, I know you run yeah. Voice Lunch UK and I run Voice Lunch US. And we both show up fairly frequently at the, the Voice Lunch developer community. Um, and those are all fantastic places to, to tap into developers specifically when we've got developer questions, but also that broader community. So when we do have design questions or more theoretical questions, or is this something that even makes sense with voice questions? There are people that are out there to talk about them. No, yeah, and, and going back to it as well, I feel I tend to, um, when I do get stuck, I do use like the, the Amazon contact us page. I find, yeah, they're very good, they're very on it. Um, so it's, it's kind of like my go-to when I do get stuck is, if it's, if it's to do with Jovo, I, I go to the Jovo Slack channel. If it's to do with um, Alexa, I go to their, I use their support contact form because they're actually quite, their turnaround I find is much quicker than actually the forums. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if, if it's anything Google related, like you said, there's there's more on it, but it's not. I wouldn't say there's there's more on that out of all of the uh, platforms. I'd say Google has the most um, because I'm guessing because of like dialogue flow and chatbots and stuff, they yeah. have more. Yeah, they have more people who have tried it out and 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 ran into issues. So I don't need, really need to tend to ask questions because I can find the answer there. Just be like, ah, yes, I have that same problem. So I think yes, stability is one of the the most important things when it comes to to learning and having that is if the support's there then it's a no deal like I feel Amazon especially make a good use case and Google and also Samsung Bixby which what they did was really good because I think out of all of them it was they had the hard challenge of trying to convince people to not only build um and uh, on a new platform but also do it in a different way that's completely different to the other platforms and yeah. try and change your mindset as that's how you make a school, but this is how you make a, a Samsung capsule. And like I said, I'm a visual learner. So for me, it's all about videos, 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 because I, I need to see physically. That's interesting. That's, no, that's really interesting. Um, so if, if so, and I guess that was the other question I had is if somebody came to you and said they wanted to get into voice, kind of what, what resources would you point them at or what path would you point them at or what would you what would you tell them to do? Yeah, I mean, it depends if they're looking to do it as a job, if they actually want to do it as a hobby or as a job. Because as a, from a business point of view, and if you want to run a business, Jovo, Voiceflow, all those are effective because you can tell you can you have you can take advantage of being like to the client, hey, we can get you on Google, Amazon, and Samsung, and the web chatbot, whatever, like all the platforms, and we only have to do it in one 
one code base. Um, or if you want to be um, smug and just be like, we can we can uh, do it in Amazon, Google, Samsung, all the all the platforms, and do it in separate code base. It's up to you. Um, but you have, just having that diverse that that variety and the knowledge of how, knowing how to do it in uh, cross platform and non cross platform. Well, that's that's a, a great step to do. Yeah. Um, so I'd always say like learn both native and and also Jovo's cross platform. Well, I mean that that's that's the issue we've had with mobile for years now. Is you know do we yeah. do we write this twice once for iOS once for Android or do we you know go with you know Flutter is now the big hot thing to do multi platform development. Yeah, I and mean. And there's no straight answer. I mean, it's it, it's it's always a big... for both. Yeah. So actually, you know, I guess the the follow up from that is if someone came to you and said, you know, I'm used to to doing front end work, uh, should I pay attention to this voice thing? But what would you say? I mean, I know I would tell them to, but I'm hooked I in this environment already. I would definitely say, I would say go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? I mean, if you look at the job market, it's uh, people are still looking for web people. Um, that's always going to be there. And th there's not that many voice, like if you look at the job market, type in voice developer. But firstly, what is the name for it? We still need to kind of, I guess, find out what the role and the names are for this. Um, but just to get in there first. And then you could actually be one of the few specialists in the entire world. Um, when, so like I said, it's just, talent is gonna explode. Like there's gonna be every, there's so many businesses out there. Like there's no, it's like how many web developers are out there right now? And how many jobs are still available for web developers? So many, same with voice to the point where there's so much and if you can get in there early and i'm still saying it's early um, well, it's, it's i agree with you there it's very early still i mean and and i think the the catch though is that's one of the problems when it comes to change is it's still early enough that lots of things are going to change between now and yes. five years from now so and would that be bad for us or is that good for us because if are we are we going to be used to something that we've learned and then it's hard to kind of slowly move away from or or even adapt so we making stuff in the past that we then have to change and adapt to is that a con no that's a good question and i think it depends there are certainly going to be some things that i think it will be good to move away from um that will be painful to move away from yeah the notion for example that actions and skills run in the cloud I think over the next few years is going to become less and less. And they're going to be oh, running okay. more and more on closer to where you are. Because let's face it, you know, if I ask, if I'm asking my device to do something and it takes four seconds for it to get back to me on that, that's a long time. That feels like a long time. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it takes a second because it's not running locally instead, that's a lot better. But what are the trade-offs to that? Does that mean that our devices need to get five times more expensive because they need to process it faster or need more memory or, so I don't know. I, I, I keep 
looking at that, and I think this is not going to, that's not going to be a fast transition, but it's going to be a transition. And I don't know how painful the transition is going to be. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, especially with Spotify releasing their, their own kind of uh, voice assistant, do you think that more and more hardware will have their own integrated uh, voice assistant so that it kind of disables that whole problem that you just mentioned? Well, yes and no. So here's the thing. I, I mean, in one sense, I get where Spotify is going with that, but does that mean that now on a Spotify device, I can't listen to my playlist from Apple Music? Probably. Do I as a consumer want that? Probably not. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be, you know, one of the, the big wins about both a web browser and the mobile device is that they were in some ways universal. I wasn't locked into one particular provider. I am sort of, but I'm not really locked into one. You know, if, if I want to listen to Apple Music, I can listen to Apple Music. If I want to listen to Spotify Music, I can listen to Spotify. You know, I, I can change based on my personal preferences. If I own a Spotify Music device, I can't listen to anyone else's music. And I also then can't use it as a GPS device. Because so now do I have the Spotify device in my car and the separate GPS device in my car and the separate something else device in my car? And of course, the car controls themselves, which are separate. And then what if I now want the entertainment system, you know, the, the system that talks to my kids in the back seat? Is that another system? How do they all play together? This is this is why yeah. this is why I like where I, I like the fact that Amazon upfront released skills. I was really happy that when they did that, and I was happy that Google released actions. And I love what Samsung has done with capsules. That everybody's in an equal playing field. Um, we don't have that on all these other devices yet. If I buy a Mercedes that has Mercedes voice system built into it, I can't run something that somebody else developed. And yes, as a consumer, I probably wouldn't notice or care about that until I did. Yeah. Until I wanted to say something like, hey, Mercedes, let's go get a Starbucks on the way home. And Mercedes would tell me where the Starbucks was, but couldn't do the ordering for me. So, no, yeah, yeah. so as a consumer, I might not notice that for a while until I do. As a developer, that really, really makes me anxious because I, I yeah. really want to be able to develop and have my brilliant idea that Spotify and Mercedes didn't think about available to their customers. No, yeah, but then does that provide another use case? Like with the Fire TV, for example, you have all these separate services where you have like Disney Plus and Netflix and Prime Video and I think Hulu, uh, which we don't have over here, but um, those streaming services. But then you have the Fire TV, which brings them all together and you can search for one movie and then it will tell you where you can watch it. Do you think that maybe 
Amazon or Google or Samsung, those big players turn into that. So soon if all these hardware companies, because I they I feel it's it's inevitable that they will go down that route. But then they can change them their business plan and be like, you know what, we can be the the fire TV and bring you all together so that it's easier for the user and consumer. So more like voice search as the helm and maybe as a developer, that's a new route you could take looking to focus on more like voice search and, and um, searching for the right experience. So that experience alone, which isn't an experience, if, you, if I'm trying to understand, like so basically the experience of search and the voice, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly where you're, where you're going yeah. with it. And this is actually one of the things that I used to love to talk about as the big differentiator between what Google Assistant did and what Alexa did, is that I was seeing Alexa as taking the, the, the app, the mobile app model, because you needed to enable a skill first. Yeah. And they've relaxed that a little bit in some ways, and that's been good. Um, Whereas Google's approach was, it's all out there, just like the whole web is out there and we're gonna help you find it. And that had its own problems, but it was interesting the two different notions and how they've kind of both merged towards each other. And in both of their cases, they merged away from helping developers out. So yeah, I'd really like to see it if, you know, these companies adopted the same sort of thing that Fire TV has done or that um, Google TV has done. Yeah, the that's that they become this search and preferences conduit with a standard way to help you find all of these other things. Just like once upon a time, Google was the way to help you find all of these things out on the web. Yeah. Because it, it, it literally is, you type into Google, you're typing a word, and they're bringing you the results, and they're filtering the results for you. And you're, you, you just happen to, you're more, you're more likely to press the top link, but right. that's the same, that's how voice should technically be. Like if I'm looking for a particular game or experience. Well, right, but there's um, the thing is, is right now, what does it mean to look for an experience? You know, we can understand that in some ways, like when I ask for the weather, um, you know, right now, Alexa and Google, they have that built in. They give you the weather. Yeah. Samsung says, well, who can answer this question? Let me go figure that out. And they find the capsule that can answer that question. So I, I think and that's Samsung what I mean. That's, that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. Because it's literally that I don't care about what, what just pick, give me my answer give me the solution that's why i'm asking you or i can just go on my phone um but i think that whole use case there is a completely new route that they should really be focusing on and i right. think that's a new way of thinking so but also when you start saying things like okay that works well for the weather what if i said uh i'm at the airport and i need a ride to my hotel Right now, we think of that in terms of I will bring up the Uber or the Lyft or the London taxi app. 
how do we change that notion so that we farm that out to a service? I don't know. How do we do that in a fair well, way? That's how that's what Samsung did, which is really clever, is that they just know that you as the user set what you prefer, your preference. Because I don't know, for me, um, I always, uh, I mean, there's not really, we don't have many driving services as America, but like we, we, I'd always use Uber if I wanna if I wanna go somewhere and take instead of taking a taxi because of how seamless it is instead of having to paying cash or um, having a card I can just pay on my phone for example so in that sense using AI and using uh, just looking at my data they can see oh this person is always using Uber I'm just gonna assume that just gonna use Uber so I think that. That's kind of where it should go, um, because it, if it's linked to your phone, which it should be, it's like if I'm going to say call my mum, for example, it should know which number to call because it has that history. I'm always calling her mobile. I'm not calling the house phone. I'm calling the mobile. And so it's, that's why I say, like, in order for us to build these experiences to that point, it should be developers focusing on personalization and also looking at forget about the actual apps and stuff but look at that structure and I don't know where what that is called yet or <laughs> where that where they can start building that but that should be the focus I think no that makes a lot of sense so I guess that actually that would have been the next question is where where you know if, if someone came to you again it's it's come to one of us and says yeah that makes sense but how do I do that? Where do I get started with that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe the big guys go to one of the big guys, Google, Amazon. Like, surely, like they're they're thinking about that. I mean, Samsung have kind of already done it, so it's it's well, like learn from the big guys and then adopt your own approach. I mean, we see, we even see Google and Amazon doing that to some extent. You know, Google has yeah. the, what they refer to as built-in intents. So you could say things like play a game and it goes to its list of games that are popular. And if there's a game that you play frequently, it will suggest that one to you again. Um, on a mobile device, if you say, I need a ride, it brings up whatever app has yeah, been registered that, that can do that. So it's really the setup then. It's like either you focus on the setup and do you go for a long, a long setup of like forums and questionnaires, or do you do it in with it? Well, during the during use, where like subtly and small changes now and again. Um, yeah, it's just this is what I mean. It's, it's so exciting because we have that landscape to just explore and experiment and to change when we want, and it's not it's not settled yet. So there's so many more and more opportunities for people to get in there. It's like a startup mindset, isn't it? Like, um, it just brings back that excitement of being a part of something cool in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, that 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 is voice, is this notion of we're, you know, 10 steps ahead in the future and, and trying to figure out how to get there or how we got there or how to yeah. get everyone else there. Because I, I mean, I've, I've been, I've made games for the longest of time now I mean, longest of time, 2017. <laughs> whenever, whenever I first back in the day, every 2017 when I started properly, and now I'm just on the point where I'm like, it's time to create some impactful things that are actually going to change people's 
a mindset and 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 get them and help them you know yeah. time to make those sorts of things so without revealing any projects that you may be working on what's the one thing that you'd love to see somebody else work on that's impactful because you don't yeah. have time to work on it what, what would you like to see somebody else do i've said this so many times because i just i know i don't have the time to do it but i'd love it will help me a lot and i'll use it and i'll be happy to test it if someone makes it but um just simple simple action in the car when you're driving i would love for there to be uh i've tried this there's no it's not there yet so you're welcome literally just asking for the speed on the road because sometimes on google it's it, on google maps sometimes and i love that it alerts you um if it, if you go high but sometimes it's not always on there and sometimes this the road signs don't have it on i'd love to know sometimes like, i actually try and i'm like what is the speed limit something as simple as that but will be so impactful and so helpful it's that's that's a great example i love that one it's actually similar in some ways to one that that um, that I wrote once upon a time, but I'd love to see it done better. And that's, you know, while I'm driving, I just wanted to, you know, I've told it where I'm going. How long is it going to take me? To, how much longer do I have to sit here? And yeah, probably I could look at, you know, if I've got my phone doing it, it would tell me too, but that requires me to, to wake up the phone and get it to tell me. I just want to say out loud, hey, gee, how much longer till I'm there? yeah and quickly get an answer yeah i mean there's so many there's so many cool things subtle things that i've noticed already like in the car um that i'm like oh that's so cool like when i'm when i when i call for example i'm calling someone and i'm driving because it knows that i've got maps i'm driving with maps on i set the navigation i'm saying call so and so it puts it automatically onto speaker and I think stuff like that is so clever and the sort of things that people like start small and think small uh, stuff that, you know, that's so help helpful because why are you calling someone, you're driving and then you have to go and press speaker, mm -hmm. it's already automatically on speaker, you know, so stuff like that is incredible. I know, you know, other stuff I'd love to see just people writing these little utilities that we can invoke and use on a daily basis. I mean, you know, we think of things like shopping lists, but are there other to-do lists that we'd like to maintain during the day or other ways to remind us short of having to tell a speaker to remind me at five o'clock to do this? What other kinds of reminders make sense? I think, I think you're, you're nailed on the head with shopping lists because there's a reason I, I still don't use shopping lists with voice because how, if you think of the behavior of when you're trying to think of stuff on a shopping list, it's not something where you're just gonna be like standing there and saying what it is. It's gonna be throughout the whole day. So right. if I say something like, oh, I forgot eggs, that should then go on the shopping list automatically. I don't need to say add eggs to the shopping list. That's, this, is, this is where I want voice to go and this is where it should be going. And um, this is why I'm saying like, Developers out there who are scared to go into voice or who are, who are just not knowing about voice, this is why we need to advertise it more and advocate more because the people out there will come and build it, they'll come and make it and, and push it even further. So yeah, of, we, we need to get this out there. One of the things that, that always amazes me is when um, I, I, I do tutorials or I talk a lot or doing presentations about voice, I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, why are you giving away all of these ideas. 
<laughs> why are you know and i'm like i can't do them all yeah. and i can't and even if i could do all the ones that i think about other people are going to think about their own great ideas and i want everybody out there coming up with their ideas and being able to implement them themselves because when we create all of these ideas when we put them all together well, all we're going to create an environment that's just awesome so if all i'm doing is teaching other people how to create these things it benefits everyone i win exactly and i think you nailed it on the head there because out of all the the kind of communities i've been with and i say this all the time the voice community is the honestly the best community everyone is so helpful everyone is so like you said open to help each other and it's i think it's because like you said it's we're all new to this we're all new here and we're all we know that it's beneficial and it's we all win in the end so yeah. for me it's like it's a no-brainer someone needs help like i took people can come up to me anytime and they can ask like advice and i'll happily give some i'll happily just talk about like my experiences or or give them advice on what they should do because it's like we we need more and more people in this community to grow or how are we going to grow we'll just stay stagnant and then it will fizzle off yep and in fact yeah one of the things i actually say when i get you know private messages of people asking me questions i'm like look you know i'm like i can answer this question but i'd rather you ask it publicly this way you get the answer and somebody else may get that answer too i want to help as many people as i can no yeah definitely and i think um in the next year two years three years i i definitely see like with obviously social audio with clubhouse came from nowhere blew up and um what what is the next big thing in voice like Clubhouse obviously is has just paved the way for other companies like Facebook and all that to to kind of it's interesting. Get in Everybody that space. everybody's copying Clubhouse, and I don't think Clubhouse had the quite the right model, but we'll see where it goes. We'll see I'm where it goes. Look at Discord. Discord had that. I didn't realize. I only just got into Discord this year because it was something where I didn't. Even, it's like Slack, isn't it? Where it's like um so, and I I use it now as like a, a way to um, like talk about the crypto world um, because I just got fed up with, you know, typing individually to people being like, you need to get on this crypto investment thing. But it's, it's it has that voice feature yes. where you can talk to people. And I wonder if, you know, that was a hit or miss for Discord because why isn't that something that's not as popular or why isn't Discord as mainstream as it should be? I, I asked about that once uh, when in the 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 early days when um, when Clubhouse was public. I said that, and they said, "Well, you know, it's it's because the Discord audio channels are actually private. You need to be on a Discord server to use it." I'm like, "How has that really stopped anybody?" And yeah. for for people who were using Discord. They've always been using this the audio channels. They've been using that for years in really, really creative ways. There are bots that you can write that will pump audio out to a Discord channel. You can listen to Discord jukeboxes. There are all sorts of cool things that you can do with Discord audio. Yeah, why hasn't Slack? Uh, I wonder why Slack didn't even integrate that because something, especially with remote work. So, so here's the morning. 
Well, here's the reason I think it's because Discord came out of the gaming community, and everyone discounts the gamers off off the bat instead of realizing that just about every technology we've used has come out of the gaming world first. Yeah. So Discord was very much a gaming server and is now being adopted for work use as opposed to Slack, which was targeting work and then tried to expand its horizons. And even there, I think there's plenty of other places that social audio can explore and see, you know, how does it cross over with podcasting? How does yeah. it cross over with regular broadcast media? Um, you know, we haven't had any of the social audio ones make a dent into smart speakers yet. They haven't even tried. What happens when they do? I think that's going to be exciting. And there's a developer out there that I hope is working on how to do that because I've thought a lot about it and I want to see yeah. someone do it well. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's just, and this is what I mean, going back to the, the main topic is that this is why you should get into voice because there's so many different, there's so much out there to yet to do and you can do it, literally. Yes. So, that's, and, that's the great thing about being a programmer is yeah. you can do it. Exactly. And yeah. there's so many, now there's so many resources so many different platforms new platforms emerging different countries are taking uh, also getting involved more with it they're seeing the importance of it if anything it's just the growth and it's good to get in there because as soon as it booms and explodes and everyone's coming in you already have a foot at the door and you'll be well on your way to having a, a great voice journey yeah so if people wanted to get a hold of you, what's the to, to ask you questions or to find out the best way to, for them to get started on their journey? What's the best way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm very bad at social media, but you can catch me on Twitter. Um, my handle, I think, is Alana underscore preach. Uh, LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn's great. Um, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And then, yeah, I think literally. Those two, I guess. <laughs> Those two. Slack. I know. Voice lunch as well. Voice lunch, Voice lunch is always a good, always a great resource to find to find us and a bunch of other yeah, great, great people. Everyone. I feel like I it's so weird because you go on Voice Lunch and you see you're starting to see what I love about it is you start to see people that you saw on Twitter, but you actually get to see them move in like real life. <laughs> and you just see the static image on Twitter, their tweet, and you uh, and now when you go on voice lunch and you can hear their voice, you can now, when they're tweeting something out, you can hear their voice as you're reading it yes. inside. So although I, I love voice lunch um, and like I said, you get to communicate with a lot of people and it is kind of, it's, it's small. So the, it's small so that you know people and recognize their faces, but I feel like it's growing and growing. So. Well, I, I think it's also a very welcoming community. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are growing, but you know, every week there's one or two new people and every you know couple of months some of the people that have now been hanging out for a few months have well wanted to step up and talk so it's definitely a community that is is growing and is very nurturing i think we're really encouraging each other to learn these new things and and to yeah grow. would you say that we need more 
uh, international, obviously because of last year, hard, but more international conferences, do you think maybe? Because I know that there's a, there's a lot of American ones, like a lot in the US and obviously people over here, we're just like, you know, we see you guys have a lot of fun and you get to meet each other and, you know, we have ours, but it's, we, we, need, some, we need a big one as well. I was gonna say, there are a couple of good ones in Europe that I, I always yeah. wished I was able to attend. Um, but I do, I think one of the important elements that we're still really early in in voice is that international flavor. You know, mm. we really have only begun to make a small dent in making sure that the voice systems that we're building are truly international voice voice agents. That's really a place where we need to do a lot more work. Yeah. And I, I think literally we need a lot more voices in that space to, to help push the big companies in that direction. No, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited and, and I'm looking forward, like the next time we meet, who knows what, what the changes could happen. But um, yeah, I'm very excited for the voice and let's hope, let's hope. I'm still on the lookout. Every time I come on this podcast, we're like, where is the next multi-million pound voice app? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, you know, for anyone who's out there who thinks they have the next multi-million voice app, uh, maybe you don't want to share it with us. We can understand that. But if you've got questions or problems about how to get it done, feel free to reach out to us if you have questions. If you've got thoughts about where you would like to see uh, your answers coming from, if there are answers that we can help you with on the show, please feel free to comment, reach out to us on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Uh, and we look forward to answering your questions and maybe having you on the show uh, another time, another episode of Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alana. Thank you.